It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop. With me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? You know, I got that uh, that empty feeling inside when a TV show ends. We said goodbye to Barry this week. It was we a did. good run for Barry. Did not overstay. It's welcome. Um, but, you know, it's a TV show ends and it's like, what do you do with your life after that? So, mourning the loss. Right, yeah. Um, I spent a lot of a lot of time with Barry. Um, watching through that series was the best <laughs> was the best week of my life. Um, uh, I, yeah, I just kind of made it a point to watch watch through that show, catch up for the finale in the last two weeks. Uh, amazing show. Um, and I got to say that that's with the, uh, so I really, part of the reason I watch is because my brother was very into it. And while I want to say while I was home around like Thanksgiving time is when my brother was watching through it. And I kind of just was in the room while some episodes were on. I was like, this seems like a good show. My brother was going through a phase of being obsessed with Bill Hader at the time. Uh, Uh, still kind of is. Um, I mean, I'm that's, that's my, my life is that phase. (laughs) Who, whom among us does not, <laughs> does not have that face? Um, but yeah, despite the fact that watching those episodes made me um, privy to a lot of the spoilers for the first two seasons, uh, and probably a little bit in the third, uh, probably the best show I've ever seen beginning to end. Now, that's, that's, not, that's not saying a whole lot, because I don't watch, I haven't seen a lot of shows beginning to end. Uh, at least the best like dramatic show yeah it's definitely up there and it's it's real dense the episodes aren't very long the seasons aren't very long it's just it comes in and tells you the story and it gets out there's no um you know you hear about filler episodes and tv shows i know when the walking dead was was real popular that was kind of the big complaint is they'd have these Really, I mean, they they ended up being kind of character episodes to get to know somebody better, but yeah, um, half the time it was only to get to know them, so then they could kill them, and you yes. felt something. Um, so that that it did really end up being filler. Whereas Barry, it's just I mean, it's all season, it's all killer, it's all killer, no filler. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, Barry's each season is each season's four hours long, and so you know you put all that together, and it's kind of like watching a real long movie each season basically uh really funny show it got i mean that there were just there were a few less jokes as the show went on but the jokes that were the jokes remaining were still pretty dark um yeah but i mean just the transition it did comedy and drama as well as like uh, like a show like mash which is pretty high praise for yes. a show, like to be able to dip into both like that i don't know and there's plenty of shows that are dramas and are straight dramas and have very funny lines or funny scenes because you can't be all serious all the time unless it's just the best thing ever written um but you know barry was very much both it was a dramedy and i mean just they killed it on all fronts uh barry also was killing on all fronts so <laughs> um sure was you know, I can't recommend it enough, and 
it it really is not a big commitment if you were to sit down and watch it. The, no, the entire I show. It all, I watched it all in a, in like like I said, like basically a week. Yeah. If, and, I, and... if I did not have anything spoiled, I probably would have spent almost the entirety of the four seasons being like, "Well, I can't go to bed after that one, or I can't turn it <laughs> off after this one. I got to watch the next one." I sp- I did that with season four, uh, a lot of it, like leading up to the when i had caught up up to the penultimate episode uh great word penultimate yeah um but that was if i didn't know any of the twists and turns i i might have just watched it all in one day two days i don't know like yeah the whole with now that the series is over um you know each episode is about 30 minutes some are a little bit longer there's a few that are a little bit shorter so i mean the series runtime comes out to about 16 hours, which for an entire series really is not that long. Uh, so, I mean, if you if you have a weekend and you're free, if you spend a good eight hours, you know, you could watch seasons one and two in one day and three and four the next day and you're done in a somewhat reasonable time frame if you're really just sitting at home watching TV yeah. all day. And, it's, I mean, it's, it's just fun. And it, it's it, very it, smart, too. It's a very smart, like the social commentary on the entertainment industry in in particular uh, was more than I expected. It was very, you know, just funny, satirical and and witty. Oh yeah. It's very self-aware of the industry it's in. And uh, the way it portrays violence is, is very different to to most everything you see on TV. Yeah. Um, The violence is, it's just pretty real and, um every death mattered um, it's not cool <laughs> it's like kind of hard to watch uh because yeah. it's just portrayed and like so, like there's never a lot of you know music or fanfare um nothing real dramatic you know you see people on tv shows and movies get shot and then you know their friend gets down and they're talking to him they're like stay with me blah 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 uh and they have this real dramatic death but people on this show like they get shot and then they they die, <laughs> yeah. It's over, and uh, you just don't see that much. And yeah, I mean, characters who you know are have speaking roles, uh, who are named characters. Like when they die, they don't really go by the wayside. You know, an episode later, um, there's, you know, I'm, I'll I'll try to spoil it the least I can. We're going back to season one, but I mean, there is a death where the character dies. And the the it character re- up to the very last episode, yeah, and, and yeah. like the, they they are mentioned by name in almost every single episode. And... That's part of the reason that so much of the show for me was spoiled was yeah. that my yeah. brother was watching season two, and you know into the beginning of season three, and I was like, I I started it up at like season you know first episode. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I already know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, in a way it was like, ah, that sucks. But at the same time, it's just, just a well-written show. Oh yeah. And it's still, I mean, just kind of having an idea of certain things that are going to happen. I mean, there's some kids outside yelling, um, just having an idea of what's going to happen. Like they still execute it so well that it's, you just still sit and enjoy it for, for being great TV. But mm-hmm. I mean, I went into that show completely blind to everything but the the setup like i went into it it's like bill Hader is a hitman who wants to act and that's all i knew and i started that a year ago because i i 
almost got into it when it first started. Um, but I think at that time I just didn't have HBO and didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like, you know, going through all the hoops to, to find it maybe through a, a means that would not cost me money. So I just never got into it. But then a year ago, I just decided to start it. And I looked at the episodes like, oh, this show is really short. <laughs> I could sit down and watch this thing. I mean, there's only two seasons yeah. of it. It's and I caught premise. up by the season three's end and I was, I was hooked. Yeah, great premise. So I'm not not surprised you just uh, you were able to just go in blind. Actually, our friend of the show, Jake Long, uh, my roommate, actually when when I told him I was watching through it, he had seen a good bit of it. Uh, was like, that's a very Dylan show, a hitman who wants to be an actor. <laughs> what can I say? I'm also watching through The Sopranos right now, and I think The Sopranos is going to be the only one that that can beat out Barry. The Sopranos is absolutely incredible. Purchase oh a yeah, a perfect show. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the the gold standard. Is. is that the first of of this like this like what do you what, prestige TV on HBO? Was that the first one or was it the um, Rob, um, I feel like The Sopranos started first, but I would have to. They were, I mean, they were pretty close together. I think I just don't. Yeah, they kind of ran years. at this around the same time. I know The Sopranos started in the late '90s. Uh, the Wire started in 2002. All right. There you go. So, I mean, 25 years and, I mean, obviously Succession was a huge hit. I probably should make a point to watch that. I've watched the first two episodes of Succession. I like it. Uh, I also it, That's also a very Dylan show. It's just about like a media company with a, a, a family of failed sons and failed daughters. <laughs> and like, That's extremely I mean, my shit. And that show's whole thing is that it's just brilliantly written. Yes, from start I, to I, I just anything you give me anything that's about like sons and daughters, just ch- sons in particular that are complete disappointments to their parents, to, to their fathers in particular. <laughs> and I'm in. I, I love I love the uh, an archetypal archetypal. That's a hard word to say. Archetypal fail son. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, you know, those shows are over now. And uh, that's the end of a little era there for for HBO because I think those shows premiered around the same time, also. So yeah, they're both four seasons, and they were both running simultaneously. Yeah, so that's a, a little era there, and um, sad to see it end. I guess I'll have to get into Succession, but you know, we'll say I like I like a show being like four seasons and we're out. Yeah, I mean that's that's all you need. Yeah. And if your show lasts longer, then either people are just eating it up when they maybe shouldn't be, or your show is like really good. It yeah, I think it's hard to do drama for more than like six seasons. Yeah. Uh, comedy like a sitcom, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean that they've gone fifteen seasons strong. Yeah, sixteen is uh, 16, I think it's sixteen yeah. coming up here next week. So yeah. I will say that that's probably actually the best show I've seen start to finish, even though it hasn't finished. I will see it start to finish unless <laughs> I die before that show ends. It's good. it's quite possible they still are just cranking it out. But I'll tell you what's so smart about them, and and South Park kind of does the same thing, is they've really shortened their their seasons as they've gone along. Yeah. So I mean, I know the last season of Always Sunny, I think it was only. Uh, pretty much like Barry, I think it was like eight episodes. I think you're uh, right. Pretty short season. It's not like the classic twenty-two episode 
uh, sitcom. But yeah. you know, if if they just are capable of finding time to put out eight good episodes every year, pretty much forever, then like I'm cool. That's with all that. I can ask for. You don't need to force out twenty episodes plus. Right. Um. That's like uh, to to satisfy the audience. Also, yeah. Also, a reason this was a big week of TV is the premiere of, uh, on Netflix of season three of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, uh, which I've gotten four. That's another one. Six episodes per season. And they're all like 20 minute episodes. I think the, the, all the ones so far have been like more like 18. But that show is just for me, it's the funniest shit in the world. Uh, but it's very much one of those things where you will either think it's the funniest shit in the world. Or you will watch it completely confused and have no idea why it's funny at all. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's just a bizarre form of, of comedy. I need to sit down and like watch that show proper. I've I watched only... through the first season once, and I was like, I don't really get this. And then I went, then I went to Twitter and I started seeing memes, and I was like, now I got the references, and I found the references really funny. And I was like, <laughs> let me go back and watch this again. And that's I just got it the second time. I don't know. Yeah, I'm all about that weird stuff. So I'm I'm cool it's with kind that. of it's it's essentially like SNL, but the sketches that were too weird for SNL. Yes, because that's that's what literally what Tim Robinson did. I feel <laughs> like he's yeah he's making the the types of 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 sketches where it's like you you might get one or two of those per season because like the <laughs> the SNL audience doesn't it doesn't quite they don't quite get it. <laughs> And they're, right. they're, they're trying, but they just don't, it's not really for them. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that that exists. My thing is, I, I couldn't tell you last time I got on Netflix myself. It's been a very, very long time since outside, I sat down. Outside of and, I Think You Should Leave, I used Netflix to watch Seinfeld and Arrested Development, and that's about it. Yeah, see, that's my thing is, like, I have, I have cable... And the stuff I'd watch on Netflix would be stuff that's like probably on cable somewhere during just the day. Just syndication. Yeah, just like like Seinfeld's a great example. Like I can find Seinfeld. It's on Comedy Central almost every day, so I, I use that as some background noise. Um, you know, every once in a while you sit down and just watch an episode uh, that you haven't maybe haven't seen in a while. But yeah, I just there's yeah. not much Netflix. Just isn't for me. I I, I, don't, I don't think Community um, also. I want that's also on netflix that i watched there because the most popular stuff on netflix um you know i see bits and pieces of it like love is blind i just i can't get into it it's that's, just not yeah that's that's not I'm, for me i'm not the uh whatever they're tar- maybe i'm in you know their their target demo in terms of you know my age and everything but uh in terms of my interests i i just feel like i couldn't be further from it like You're stranger not- stranger things like seems like it started out cool but just became this whole thing that's also just not for me i don't know I'm you're not like... really you're not really feeling jewish matchmaking <laughs> or uh yeah i i pulled up netflix just for to see what we got going on here oh I... man you know what netflix has done and not enough people talk about it is they basically stolen the audiences away from from lifetime and and like hallmark channel like tlc also yeah like they're just making the same type of content but it it just looks a little better 
and sometimes you can stream it in 4K. Like, me and Michaela were sitting here the other day, and there was a Lifetime movie, and the title looked funny, and so we sat and watched it. Uh, the title, of the, <laughs> the title of the movie was Black Girl Missing. And so, <laughs> okay, we, we we're like, oh, that's they really were. They're it's very, like, okay, they're very upfront. I, I understand the concept. They're upfront with their titles because, like, they they get people just like us who are scrolling the guide, and they're like, well, I know what that's about. <laughs> All right, whatever. That's a very forward title. Let's see what it's about. And I clicked on it, and it's it's. I sit there and I'm like, this is pretty much a Netflix movie, even though Lifetime, what they were doing at first, like this is the exact quality that you would like writing and acting wise that you're getting on Netflix. I feel like with all these original movies yeah. that people go on about. And so for me, it's like, ah, just, it's, it's not my place. They used to be did, cool back yeah. when they had all the, like they had a ton of acquired programming and movies. Cause they just kind of had everything. Cause they were, the yeah, now one. they're just getting rid of it or the, or the people with like the licenses are like pulling them for, to their own, uh, their own services. Like the, like the office and friends, like getting pulled to Peacock and Max. <laughs> no, HBO Max is, is now just Max. Just Max. <laughs> the, you know what's funny is is Max, everyone, or HBO Max, whatever it was, when they first started, they're, you know, pulling content to save money and everything. They were kind of out in front. And everyone's like, man, there goes the best streaming service. But now everybody else is kind of doing the same thing. And so Max still reigns as kind of the best one. <laughs> <laughs> so H- listen yeah when you even before like even before you get to like their acquired stuff like the warner brothers stuff max is kind of just the place to be like like hbo shows have such a high rate of, of hits game of thrones until the last two seasons uh you know sopranos the wire last week tonight even like that's uh, Barry Succession, like it's pre- it's the prestige TV for a reason. Curb your enthusiasm. White Lotus, yeah, yeah. Euphoria, you can Lotus. you can argue the merits, but still pretty popular. So Euphoria is certainly, um, out of all the television shows that I've watched, it is one of the most recent. <laughs> you see, uh, Sam Levinson's got that new show with the weekend coming out. Looks nice I, and nice and problematic. <laughs> our we we gotta have our friend uh, Nick Page, my friend Nick Page from Pittsburgh, on the show here because he is obsessed with the Idol, mostly for Lily Rose Depp, but <laughs> uh, he has followed it very closely, and we'll have to confront him for his crimes. Uh, I like, just don't as a guest. <laughs> He's obsessed because it's it's messy, or obsessed because it it like looks good <laughs> because it's messy okay because i it really does seem like it's gonna be pretty bad um it it's just like it almost seems like they made porn but for people who like are ashamed of themselves for watching porn <laughs> it's like on hbs so they're like ah it's yeah. good we're good it's, i did not know the HBS. west i did not know the west wing was on max that's another uh no. I guess probably tip a feather in the cap of of Max here. Yeah, I found on uh, I found out the other day that um, when Abbott Elementary is done airing their season, it goes on to Max because it's it's Warner Brothers. Oh wow! So, okay. um, 
not on Disney Plus or or I mean I'm sure it's still on Hulu because it airs on ABC, but um, they get when the season wraps up they throw it on there. So I started watching that. Yep, Max um, Max having a Adult Swim content also bodes them very well. But then they also have like the, T- the Turner movie classics ch- movies on here. Like I can watch The Sopranos or Barry or Rick and Morty or Citizen Kane all on the same <laughs> all on the same service. Like come on. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's definitely the best and hopefully uh I'm hoping within a couple years we don't have to hear as much about all the streamers pulling all this content because hopefully we can just slow it down, you know, like, yeah, we just, I, I get, you know, everybody and we'll see, you know, the writer's strike obviously is going to play a role in how certain, you know, how much stuff's getting made. I'm sure. Oh, right. And, yeah. and a potential um, actor's strike as well. They are uh, going to vote to authorize that June 5th. Oh, man. Possibly um, at least, you know, give them a pathway forward to a strike. So, I'll be interested Thanks. to see what streaming does going forward because um, it's obviously it it was just too much too fast and now they're backpedaling hard and pulling content left and right. So I'm 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 looking forward to getting to a point where you can at least kind of be aware of m- most of the stuff coming out if we can get to that. Right. You know what else is on Netflix? I always kind of forget this: The Last Dance. Just the whole thing. Is it really? Netflix. Mm-hmm. Man, that's yeah. a good man. The last dance that was uh, oof, is good, but man, brings me back to COVID days. So it's you know, right, double edged sword there. But I did not know. I thought that would probably be some type of ESPN Plus or Disney Plus uh, commodity there. But it might still be on Disney Plus because I know they got a lot of. It might. It could be. But um, is the uh, is the ten part OJ documentary streaming anywhere that we know of? I want to say that was on Netflix because that yeah. one. I mean that that is that's the best documentary I've ever watched. If you haven't gotten a chance, that's uh, the People versus OJ Simpson. Or yes, was... or no, that's um that is that that's the uh, the like uh, that was American Crime Story on FX. The uh, the uh, the documentary Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, with David Schwimmer also. <laughs> yeah, says Robert Kardashian. Um, but no, the documentary is called OJ Made in America. Made in America, that's it. Yeah. But they came out. They came out within months of each other. I think. Big yes, year for OJ. I think it was 2016. <laughs> uh, doesn't look like it's on Netflix, so I don't know. That might be uh, might be an old ESPN exclusive there. I but... think. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah, this stuff's um, this stuff's interesting to me. The uh, the way it looks like it's on Hulu. Movie. All right, which would make sense. Disney property, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know Disney's Disney is about Plus. to. Yeah, Disney's about to. I think kind of just fully take over Hulu here in a few months. Yeah, because they're gonna have content from Disney Plus and Hulu on both. Yeah, like they're gonna kind of be the same almost. So, yeah, big big Ooh. week for. Uh... For, for Disney, the Little Mermaid coming. I, wa- I went and watched the Little Mermaid last night. Oh yeah, how was um, it? It was fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like it was fine in the sense that like it's it's the Little Mermaid. Like the story's fun. The story's fun and cute and all that good stuff. 
Uh, but like most of the Disney live action remakes, the the live action aspect takes away from it. Like it's just like not as interesting to look at. Uh, they massacred my boy Flounder. He looks disgusting. <laughs> he looks like a real fish. It's disgusting. Awful. Uh, I mean, I guess the live action aspect, like real people interacting, made like the romance between Ariel and Eric co- go come across better, I suppose. But outside of that, it's like, uh Yeah, I heard the uh, live action performances were the best part of the yes. movie. But Halle Bailey, very good. Um, but uh, then again, it's like you can't watch it and. You know, I did spend I did spend a good three quarters of the movie looking at King Trident and going, "That's Javier Bardem, right?" <laughs> and it was, it was him. Yeah, that that movie and all those other Disney live action remakes, um, it's just like there's there's no obviously no originality. So like you don't sit there and get taken for on a journey. Like you know you know kind of the beats that are gonna happen when they happen. Uh, sometimes, you know, when they remake a song, the new, the the new version of it's kind of cool. Um, you know, like when they got Beyonce for the Lion King, it was kind of fun to hear Beyonce sing some of those songs, but that was about it. The, the live action stuff just, yeah, it's, it's not for me that the way they just kind of massacre any creative vision, (laughs) the way everything's turned into real life. Like the fish look like fish. Yeah. Why does Sebastian need to look like an actual crab? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Like in even in like Beauty and the Beast, like all that you know, how all the characters come to life. Like they they were just the things. Like the clock looked like a clock, and yeah, cartoons, cartoons. They can and animation. They can they can bring life to things and make it vibrant. And. uh... Yeah, just, just imagine if Disney had the rights to SpongeBob and they they did that. Like, imagine uh, how terrible it would look. Because that's the whole that, thing. Uh, like, that's that's <laughs> like there, it's there's a reason it's a it's a cartoon is because they look a certain way. Like, you wouldn't think of the idea of SpongeBob the series and think, all right, well, we better get some underwater cameras so we can go capture these fish. It's like, no, it's. The cartoons, so yeah. But luckily, we have across the Spider Verse coming out this week to avenge avenge us and showcase why that's the case. Yeah, this movie I'm very excited about. The reviews are really hyping it up, and I've seen some people say it's it surpasses the first, which the first one oh. is like the first one's one of the best comic book movies ever made, one of the best it animated is. movies ever made, and so to be able to have people confidently come out of the movie and say that was better. I'm just so interested to see see what this is because I mean if it's if it's even half as good as the reviews it's it's about to be a banger. Yeah. I saw I saw a TikTok recently a comedian who was a substitute teacher like myself uh who talked about how one of the things that you have to do is that they don't tell you about is you'll you'll end up watching the first half of a movie seven times in the same day and i can say that i've seen the first 90 minutes or so of into the spider-verse eight times twice (laughs) twice watching it on my own 
and then six times within two days at Spring Mills High School. <laughs> so it's it's so good. I've and probably... I didn't get tired of it though. That's the thing. Fantastic. No, it's movie. just it's the best. And I've probably sat I probably sat down and watched that movie like five times, to be honest. It just doesn't doesn't really get old. It's just fun to it's so fun to look at. Super well written, compelling story, characters. It's funny. Like they got they just and they nailed what a comic book cartoon or, or even just a comic movie in general should look like. Because it, it just looks like a comic book on the screen. Um yeah, I mean I'm I'm pumped for this one and there's gonna be lots of new characters and worlds and this is I think this one is technically a part one of a mm. of a of a series. So like it's gonna complete a trilogy here. So um, I've I've done very little looking into the movie and like haven't really watched the full trailer. I've kind of just seen commercials for it and like passively gathered some information from that. But I'm kind of going to go in blind, which is which I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I like to do that as much as much as possible. I'm not one of these people that's like will read the Wikipedia page for a movie before they watch it, which is like chaos to me. Now, I like to know. Uh, and like when it's a new movie like this, I, I will. And obviously, you know, it's a sequel. I know pretty much what to expect. Um, but yeah, I'll, I am I'll the type of person. Yeah. reviews and like see who who's in it and stuff like that but yeah i generally i mean there's there's a lot of stuff in movies that that you can tell when they made the movie there are certain things that were meant to be reveals but the marketing team decided this is not a reveal this person's on the poster and so, so there's <laughs> there's stuff like that like there's movies where it's like you're sitting there and you're five minutes in you go oh like they're this character is about to be revealed I don't know why there's any like tension here. I know exactly who this is. They were in every yeah. commercial for it. Right. I am the type of person though that needs to well needs to for most movies. I gotta if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna be like, well, is it good? Like I'm not unless it's something I'm like highly anticipating. And I'm like I'm gonna watch this no matter what. Like John Wick Four, I was gonna go watch that no matter what. Like it maybe if the reviews came in and like yeah, John Wick Four, seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That, but then at that point, it would have just been like interesting to me. Like, how did they fuck up the best action movie franchise of all time? <laughs> so bad. Like, but no, like, John Wick, like, come on, that's a layup. I'm going to see that no matter what people are saying. I'm not going to look at what people are saying. It's John Wick. Right. Yeah. So that's the Siskel and Ebert uh, section of, of today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's summertime's coming here, so get used to it right we kind of halfway previewed the nba finals last week and luckily lucky for us the celtics just absolutely shit the bed in game seven or else we would have looked real stupid because <laughs> when it was 3-0 we had garrett garrett uh our producer garrett on here and we were just like yeah so how's the nuggets and the heat gonna be <laughs> and oh man started to get started to get a little little uh little scared yeah the heat they the heat tried to give it away but the celtics just refused um that game seven is about as pitiful a performance as you can get from i mean at home especially 
and to score 84 points and for most of the game look pretty non-competitive. Uh, you can say what all you want about Tatum. Tatum wasn't quite – he wasn't egregious, especially when you compare him to – He did, you to, know, to, turn his ankle or whatever in the first minute of the game. So yeah. there's So there's that. Yeah. But you know who didn't turn their ankle in the middle in the, in the first minute of the game? Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. he certainly didn't. Terrible. And so, I mean, giving them the injury, it's like you still lost by twenty. Tatum still, he he played, he played through it. Um, wasn't completely useless. Uh, but you know, I mean, the team just refuses to adapt. And they they managed to sneak by in game six, uh, despite shooting. I think they were seven of thirty five from three point range, uh, and they managed to eke by there with Derek White hitting a putback with point one second left. Right, and they come into game seven, and the threes aren't falling again. I think they started over thirteen, and you know this isn't. This it's not quite the Rockets of a few years ago, where the Rockets um, could have beat the Warriors, but you know that team was we're going to shoot the three, and that's what we do. We're not going to go away from it because I mean we we built this team to do so. The the Celtics, yeah, they they kind of live and die by the three. That's how they run the, their offense or prefer to run it, but they aren't necessarily built to just be a three point shooting team and nothing else. Like no. Tatum and Brown are much better than just spot-up shooters. Um, you know, Al Horford somehow is still hanging around, being useful, can hit a corner three. <laughs> stuff. Like, but, yeah. it's, you know, like, they, they looked they looked at their best when Robert Williams was in the game because it kept them from just shooting so many threes. I mean, the Heat were basically allowing them to score well in the paint, and they just wouldn't do it. Uh, cause they knew this team, if this team can't shoot threes, the math just doesn't work out for them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Robert Williams thing, uh, Missoula, I, I get, I think there's, there's, uh, there's a happy medium with Missoula where there's some people that want to give him, you know, all the credit for ch- some changes, but a lot of people are just like this man is terrible and fire him. I, I think somewhere it's somewhere in the middle. Um, he is thirty four years old. He was kind of thrust into this position, uh, you know, because Ime Udoka was a pervert. Um, so he's still figuring some stuff out, and this is kind of the wrong team to be needing to figure stuff out with. Because they they're ready made. They were in the he inherited a NBA Finals team, an Eastern Conference champion team, and he got them a game away from going back two years in a row. Um, but it's at the same time, it's not his fault that Tatum turned his ankle. It's not his fault that Jalen Brown can't dribble to his left. Um. But at the same time, it was like, why is Robert Williams only playing 14 minutes? Why did it take so long into the playoffs for you to go back to the starting lineup with Robert Williams? Um, but outside of that, it's kind of, you know, Brogdon was banged up. Apparently, Robert Williams had a stomach virus 
in Game 7. So maybe that explains it for his minutes in Game 7 at least, but not so much for the rest of the playoffs. I mean, you just got to, you know, throw up on the court or something. I don't know. You got to toughen up. Didn't someone literally do that this playoffs? Like like they threw up in their mouth and it was just holding it there? Oh, I I think that was someone on the Warriors did that during, like, the Lakers series. Uh, it, it probably happened at twelve thirty at night, so I missed it. Right. Yeah, I, I saw it. On, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I think. Yeah. I, um, I don't. Uh, I don't blame Missoula either because, like you said, he he really wasn't supposed to be in this position position, um, and during the regular season, I get it's regular season is much different. And you're supposed to win. Uh, and you're because you're the Celtics and you're good, but I mean, he was chugging along like they were doing just fine, you know, coach of the year conversation, stuff like that. Uh, but you know, when you get to the playoffs, and you know, there's certainly some questionable in game management and really game to game management questions you could ask, but again, like he wasn't supposed to be here. I think if you give him the chance to maybe kind of reflect on this postseason and figure it out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't see. And, and listen, I'll say you could run it back with Joe Missoula, but who knows if they're going to run it back with this roster? Uh, because, yeah, you know, I mean, Jalen Brown after that performance, that's, that's pretty bad. And I don't know if that's something that you want to keep around long term or, you know, continue to try like this because, you know, eventually you got to retool some things because your fans are going to get restless. Your, I mean, the team themselves is going to get restless because you can only make it this far so many times and, and come up short of the title. I get you're 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 really having some deep playoff runs here, but you know that's <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, there's only one team that's going to win it, and you're pretty much second place every time, and you just can't seem to get over the hump, which says you got to be a little bit better, and that means maybe retooling some things. I don't necessarily think they need to blow the roster up. Uh, I think some just better philosophy as a team would be better. Cause I mean, they, they really do just kind of play ISO ball a little too much with, with Tatum and Brown. And then, you know, they do the driving kick thing. Like they just don't have a lot of, a lot of ball movement. Um, You know, they're not as creative. Like, I mean, the heat we've gone on all off season about the heat maximizing everything they have. I mean, the Celtics have done the complete opposite. They're such a good team, and it's like they reduced themselves to a bunch of spot-up shooters who couldn't shoot. Right. I, I, There's two ways you can look at this, I'd say. One is there was a tweet from Bill Barnwell of ESPN he put out that was more than fair about how, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is in his age 26 season. Jason Tatum, age 24 season. They were bounced out of the Eastern Conference Finals by 19 points. In 1989, I think it was, in their age 26 and 24 seasons, 
Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen were bounced out of the Eastern Conference Finals by 19 points by the Detroit Pistons. And so Michael Jordan didn't win his first ring until he was 28 years old. Um, he would go on to win many more of them, uh, <laughs> sources say. But at the same time, you know, Jalen Brown has gotten progressively better year by year for the most part, except for maybe this year. He kind of topped out, I feel like, compared to last season. Maybe even regressed a little bit if you complete if you take the playoffs into consideration. Um, I think, you know, you can say, well, they need a better number two than Jalen Brown. I think that's fair. But is trading Jalen Brown going to be the answer? You can say trade the guy, but what are you going to get for him? Are you going to get someone better? You're not going to get someone better unless you trade other pieces of your roster. And then once you're trading other pieces of your roster, part of the Celtics excelling is their depth. It's not that they just have Jason Tatum. It's that they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Al Horford and Marcus Smart and Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams. You know, so is is messing around with that core like that to get an upgrade in your number two. If it's not, you know, upgrading to Kevin Durant, is it is it worth it? Yeah, I think for Jalen Brown, he really needs to understand his limitations. Um, for starters, you know, don't dribble left. Uh, we'll start with that one. Um, he just needs to kind of reel himself in. Because, I mean, for starters, he's, he's obviously not the guy on that team. You know, he can be the guy if Tatum's out for whatever reason. But um, he's not going to carry a team the same way. He just needs to be a really good number two, which I think he's still capable of, even if he has kind of maximized his powers here. Um, it's just a matter of just honing in on what he's really good at and just cutting all the fat out because, I mean, he just got exposed, especially this last game. I mean, they were just begging him to to go left and <laughs> fumble the ball around. Yeah, he had eight, tur- just, eight turnovers, I think. Yeah, and it so was the same three. same thing over and over. And it just led to easy buckets on the other end. And he just never seemed to get it in his head that that wasn't going to work for him. And, you know, he's a talented guy. So, like, there's other stuff in his bag he should be able to go to. Yeah, you can play really good defense. You know, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, when he came up, I mean, that was... I think that was the first thing I ever heard of Jalen Brown. Yeah. Was that he was a good defender. Like, he had enough offensive game. It was his defense, and then it was his spot-up threes, and then it was like, oh, now he can slash a little bit. Now he can shoot off the dribble a little bit and just slowly but surely kind of climbed up to being this, you know, fringe all-star level guy. Yeah, and so I think for him, he just needs to get back to the basics of that and just know that if he needs to – to kind of dig a little deeper he has it but he's just not gonna be the number one superstar you know start to finish every game he'll have his hot games he'll put up you know he can put up 40 points um you know at any given moment if he can get hot but that's just not the guy he is like he he needs to kind of do a little bit of a reset here 
Um, yeah, I think you and, just can't rely on him to be the undisputed number two scoring option. Yeah, he he should be your number two scoring option on most nights. And then every now and like then... You've got to have a third guy on. that you can like rely on to... Kind of in the way where the Heat have Jimmy and then Bam and then Tyler Hero. Like, yeah. obviously, they haven't had him for these playoff run, but they have that. Or, like, uh, you know, Caleb Martin. Duncan, <laughs> Caleb Martin. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, the Celtics don't have that Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. The guy, just that third guy who, on any given night, can give you 20 to 25. If you're getting 20 to 25 from anyone else on the Celtics, it's because Derek White or Marcus Smart inexplicably hit six threes. Right. Derek White had a really good series, but that's not something you can bank on going forward for a full season or another playoff run. Brogdon can give you like 17, but, you know, not not 25. Yeah, so it's – and see, here's the thing is Derek White – had such a good series if Jalen Brown also was just kind of his normal, you know, just put in what, you know, nothing crazy, 17 to 20 points, like a, like a, just a solid night for your number two guy. If he just did that, the series might've gone a little differently here. Um, but yeah, it was just a pathetic... he averaged, he averaged 26 and a half points a game in the regular season. Yeah, and so obviously you, that number is probably going to come down to the playoffs a little bit. Yeah, just the nature of it. Unless you say the two the two seasons guys. prior, he was at twenty four and twenty three. Like, give give him if he would have put up twenty three points a game in the series, Celtics would have won it. Oh yeah, yeah. He just needs to learn because I mean, playoff basketball is just different. So you got to learn how you're going to be efficient in that atmosphere, and um, he just. They ran in the team. I mean, overall, just ran into a buzzsaw in the heat because people can't seem to figure them out. Um, but you just ha- you have to be better at least. And listen, plenty of guys get in the playoffs and struggle with shooting, or you know, they just they go cold at the most unfortunate time, and that happens. But for him, it 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 was that. Plus, he was just turning the ball over like crazy, and you, it can't be both. <laughs> Like, right. if you're going to turn the ball over, you better be making shots on all the possessions you didn't turn it over. You can't you can't just be a net negative every single possession like that. Right. And part of the thing with him is he's about to be due, you know, this supermax or near supermax contract. And he's already been kind of weird about his responses. So, you know, it's like, do you want to be here in Boston? He's just kind of been like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a guy who who doesn't want to give up any leverage and is just yeah, trying not I, that's to what say I take anything. It, I take it more as that than like, I want to leave. Yeah. Or like, I don't really want to be here. It's more of just like, I mean, I don't, yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, even if you want to be somewhere and you know, the, the team's willing to work with you and they're a good deal. Um, it's, it's still business and you just never know what they might pull out against you in negotiation. Look and at Lamar they say, Jackson. Well, they said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, they they'll be like, "Well, you said you you want to be here no matter what." So, I mean, I guess <laughs> if that's the case, no matter what, I guess we can uh, we can pay you whatever we want. Also, so you can give us a hometown not... discount then. 
Yeah, no. So he's not he's not willing to give them any of that. Um, but as he should. Yeah, so I mean, I him and Tatum are a good pairing. It's just let's just calm it down here. Um, I I just I wouldn't think they'd fire Missoula. I think once they get a few days to think about it, they'll realize that you know the team underachieved. The Heat were playing really well. He's still very new to this, and I think he probably deserves a chance to maybe correct some of these mistakes because I th- that's the thing with him is like. It's not like, oh, Joe Mazzulla has done this the third year in a row and has screwed the Celtics out of a, a finals. It's like, well, no, he just started. There's a chance he could learn from this. <laughs> this isn't like Doc Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's no. completely screwing it up. Doc Rivers is what he is. Yeah. But that's that's also, like, today's NBA. It's such a knee-jerk with these coaches. Um, you know, successful, really good coaches with good teams getting fired because – they expected the finals and they didn't get there. So, um, you know, I, yeah. I, I think there's what, like four coaches now who have been with their team more than like six years or something like that. Um, right. It's and not now, a big number. Like guys get fired. Obviously, you know, the bottom third, bottom half of the league, those guys are getting fired left and right. Top half of the league, you figure, I mean, teams like the Sixers and the Suns and the Bucks, I mean, those are, you know, you think of those three teams. You think they've been they've been pretty good the past two, three years plus. Um, even the Raptors. Even the Raptors, yes. Like the Raptors are not a poverty franchise by any means. And you know, Nick Nurse is is out of there. So yeah. well, the Raptors have done this twice now. It worked out the first time because they fired Dwayne Casey after he was coach of the year, and then they immediately won the championship the next year. Although that, you know. Kawhi Leonard had a little bit to do with that. <laughs> yeah, all, all thanks to Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> he coached so. he coached that series very well though against the Warriors and through that whole playoffs. So I that that was one of those things where it's like maybe that was just kind of a a change of scenery was needed. It's like Toronto Toronto got tired of Nick Nurse and Nick Nurse got tired of Toronto rather than him being not a good coach. Uh, yeah, but we'll, but we'll see. I guess. Toronto's got to maybe figure out where their priorities are um, with with their roster because I think there might be trading OG Ananobi. There might be a little bit too high a value placed on some of these role players who happen to be on a team in the finals. So yeah, that's all. Like I'll the say. Scott, there's a lot of Scotty Barnes. Uh, like well, there was talk of like would the Raptors trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant? when the Kevin Durant trade rumors and trade requests first started, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I've, you trade him for Kevin, Kevin Durant, <laughs> this guy, Kevin Durant. Yeah. So, oh man. So we'll see where OG ends up probably the warriors. Um, because of course, um, but yeah, it's like past like Fred Van Vliet. I've already seen talk of the Lakers, trying to position themselves to sign and trade D'Angelo Russell for Fred Van Vliet. That'd be great for the Lakers. Um, I don't know why <laughs> the Raptors are participating in that, but. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you can, you can fool these GMs. They, uh, they see something different thinking it's better when they're 
struggling, and so they might pull the trigger on it. But uh, the Raptors might not be the one to do that with. <laughs> I think they're they're a little bit smarter than that. So yeah, Masai Masai Ujiri. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about that for them. But yeah, definitely they're kind of just they're missing that guy if they really want to compete. They don't. That's kind of a how, lot of yeah. They have a lot like, of guys, but not the guy. It was kind of perfect the way they had things slotted out for when they slid Kawhi in there. So, like, Pascal Siakam slid down to be in the number two. Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. You know, Kyle Lowry slid to being a number three. Fred Van Vliet was, like, a number four. OG was a three and was a, just a defensive specialist. And it just – it was all perfect. And then once Kawhi left, it was like, all right, we're sliding these guys up. And, oh, this isn't the same at all. Okay. But, I mean, they were still, like, a, you know, play-in team. Like, that's good for them. But, you know, not much more than that. Yeah, we'll see what they uh, we'll see what they do. The NBA offseason is ridiculous. So, I mean, <laughs> the, they, they could have a whole new roster for all we know. Right. And, and also, yeah, you got to take into consideration that, like, the new cap rules. There's, like, an actual hard cap now, uh, basically. So there might be some movement there for teams that have to ditch some guys because they hit the heart. They're coming up on the hard cap ceiling. So that'll be interesting to watch, like teams like the Clippers and the, the Warriors. Um, but, hey, the finals start tomorrow? I didn't realize that until today. Yeah, it really snuck up on us here just because the series uh, Yeah, when, they were, when both seven. series were 3-0, it's like, man, are we going to have a week without basketball? Turns out, no, not really. Yeah, now um, it's a very fast turnaround. Right. So we like we said, we kind of previewed the finals last week. Um I would be shocked if the Heat won the series. I'm kind of leaning toward the Heat not winning a game, to be honest. Until I, un, until I see them figure out Jokic at all, or until Jamal Murray lays an egg. Like I don't think both of those things are gonna happen. And I, I mean the the Nuggets have just blown everybody out of the water this this postseason, and I know the Heat have been really good, but we've seen, especially near the end of this series, the Heat just they their their hot shooting ran out a little bit. I know Game Seven they showed up, but I just don't have a lot of faith because they they've really relied on teams. Um, it's been teams beating themselves and the Heat playing well. And I don't think the Nuggets are going to beat themselves much. And I don't think the Heat playing well is going to be enough to, like, overcome that. So maybe they steal one in Miami, but that's – I am i don't know. This one feels pretty wrapped up. Yeah, I think I was uh, listening to the low post, and I believe it was Tim Bontemps that was saying something about how – you know the heat, the Heat's three point percentage for their own team has been one thing, but they've had like the best three point defense. Like opponents' field goal percentage has been the lowest in the playoffs, or near the lowest. Uh, and so they've been they've been relying on bad three point shooting from their opponents, and the Nuggets probably aren't going to do that. Um, I, I my gut says the Heat win a game, but. Maybe just a game. Like, I'm 
Nuggets in five is what I what I'm feeling. That's kind of what happened last last time the Heat got to the finals. I think we mentioned this last time, one of the last times we talked about the Heat, where that bubble final series was like, oh, wow, the, the Heat really, you know, churned their way through the Eastern Conference. And then, oh, they only won a game, a single game in the finals against a much better Lakers team. Yeah. And that's kind of what it seems like they're going to run into this year again. I just don't know. I, I, I can't find a matchup on defense that the heat would like, like, I can't, I can't pick out anything. Yeah. Um, um, and a team that plays you know, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon can guard Jimmy Butler, Jokic. I mean, bam, bam is like their number two scorer, but he's not a championship level number two scorer. He just kind of does it cause he has to, and it's not very efficient. And Jokic plays good enough defense that he's not going to have an easy time. You can hunt Jamal Murray on defense the way that LeBron did for Jimmy Butler. He can hunt he can hunt his fouls and whatnot. But I mean, the Nuggets are pretty solid. And then on the other end, um, if they want to try to do um, what the Lakers did, where they have their main defensive guy as an off ball defender has a help defense guy on Jokic that Bam putting him on what Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. You, who are you putting on Jokic then? Kevin Love? Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's almost and you've laughable. got Lowry you've got guys like Lowry and you know Duncan Robinson playing defense against Jamal Murray. That's no good. Um Aaron Gordon can cut. Michael Porter Jr. will, you know, come and go and he flashes. He'll he'll be Kevin Durant for like three minutes of one game. Um, Bruce Brown and KCP are lock have been very good in the playoffs and all season shooting the ball. It's it's tough. You're not really going to be able to. The, the Heat like to play zone on defense. You, I don't think you're going to be able to. Oh no! Play shot. defense against the uh, plays his own defense against the Nuggets. That's... Dude, they will get that thing into Jokic, and he will like do a three D scan of the room and hit the open guy. Terminator, Terminator eyes. Like, like he's gonna hit the open guy every single time. So it's man, if and if they go into zone and bring him, like I, he's gonna sit at the free throw line and pick him apart, and. The, I, I don't. Think, I don't see I think them shooting. The same, I think during the same podcast, I heard that uh, the Heat in against the Nuggets this year played zone for eleven was eleven possessions against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets scored nineteen points in those eleven possessions. <laughs> it was something. It was something wild like that. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, we're we're good. I don't think this will be much of a series. Um, but you know it'll be an interesting matchup, obviously, because these are two teams that have been, you know, kind of homegrown, um, and you know they they play very different styles, and I think this just might finally be the time for the Nuggets after all these years. So, yep, um, I know we talked about that last time, but. I mean, you look at the Heat, and it's like, yeah, they got past the Bucks. The Bucks did blow a lot of leads. Um, 
because they just kind of peed down their leg at the end of games. You know, they, they played the Knicks. The Knicks were a little bit in over their head. The Heat just knew how to play playoff basketball. Um, and neither team could really shoot the three in that series. Um, I think the Heat had, like, one good shooting game. But um, two bad shooting games, and that then it comes down to who's making less mistakes. Then you play the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics just shot a bunch of threes and missed them. They couldn't shoot. And so I think you come play the Nuggets, and now it's like this is the smartest team you faced, uh, most well-constructed team you faced, and they have a MVP caliber guy who hasn't really had a bad game <laughs> the whole year. <laughs> like, no. Um, And, I mean, bad for him, right? So, right, you know. 12 points, 12 yeah, rebounds. The, the, I think the assists. one game in the, what, Suns series, I think it was, where for, like, three quarters, I was like, man, Jokic has, like, 11 points just when we start the fourth quarter, or maybe, maybe even less. He ended the game with, like, 22. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so I just, I and listen, the Heat have proved me wrong again and again. Yeah, but this time it's 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 really hard for me to find that scenario in my head where they do <laughs> like the Nuggets. It it involves the Nuggets playing poorly, and I have trouble envisioning that just based on the sample size of this postseason. Yeah, plain simple. Well, that's that's tomorrow, so that's that'll that'll be fun. Yeah, quick turnaround. Yeah, for the Heat, <laughs> the Nuggets yeah, had a nice they, little break. Yeah, they got what three? They're gonna have three days off, and they go up to the, uh, they go up to Denver in the altitude. Um, another another stat that I gathered: there's always the rest versus rust thing. I've always wondered like what the what stats are backed up by that, and I think in the finals, um, teams that have had I want to say five more days of rest than the other team going into the finals are 10 and 6 i believe in game 1 in particular or maybe a series overall but when you factor in which team had the home court advantage you know so having five days more of rest and game 1 is on your home court uh, those teams are eight and one mm. in game one, and eight and one in those series overall. Gotcha. So you know, the you rest figure... is usually the rest for the team with home court advantage usually pays off. Yeah, and I mean, you figure they're going to be the favorites, and you know, most people would consider them the better team already, and so you throw that on top of it, and it's mm-hmm. like, well. Um, is 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 game one a house money game for the Heat? <laughs> like, because uh, I mean, at this point, if you're the Heat, right? It's if you're a Heat fan. I know it's been a great postseason, but I I don't know that you're going into this thinking, you know what? We we can beat this team. You hope they can prove you wrong as a fan, as a fan would, and you can definitely right. talk your you talk yourself into some crazy ideas but this is such a tough matchup for them um i think 
really you would have preferred to play the Lakers or, I mean, literally anybody else. <laughs> this yeah. just feels like the hardest matchup. And it's it's really, it's it's Jokic um, at the end of the day. Uh, just what he does at that position just kind of turns the whole game on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they, they really just have to hope Jokic like falls asleep. I don't know. Yeah, and they're <laughs> apparently Tyler Tyler Hero is on track to come back around game three. I'm not sure that's going to make them better um, because Hero is a liability on offense. And if he's, you know, unreliable on offense, like he kind of has been sometimes outside of the bubble. Um, yeah, that's – I think that extra guy that you can attack on defense is gonna, just going to, like, you're dead. Jamal Murray against Tyler Hero, you're dead. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because they on offense, I feel like, are in such a good spot. You know, as long as Caleb Martin is just on this crazy run, and you're getting just enough out of you know the Max Struces of the world, then you know it's like how much of a net positive. Is, is Tyler Hero going to be when you throw him into that, considering he's so hot and cold and, I mean, he hasn't played basketball in, what, a month? A month and a half? So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a tough ask. To come into the finals of all series and to come in against that opponent, uh, if it's game three, you're at least back at home at that point. But, yeah, that's... I don't know if that's the wisest decision. That might be... Uh, Hey kid, <laughs> dressed up for next year, um, and you know maybe this the series, kind of how it goes will dictate that. You know if, if the Heat, you know shock the world and go up two zero, maybe they work them in there for a few minutes and see how it goes. If in case they can, maybe get something out of them if it were to go seven. But it's just hard for me to envision that, and you would think. Maybe it goes the complete opposite other end <laughs> where they're down 2-0 and they're so desperate. They're like, Tyler Hero, go in and shoot 10 threes. Maybe I think that's for, I think there's a good chance that's what happens. Yeah. So, I, yeah, again, it's how how much is that putting you over, if at all? And I don't think it's it's much. <laughs> no. So, maybe maybe Kyle Lowry put up 25 points a game or something. He's going to have to. He'll reverse his his playoff ways. He's going to have to. Anyway, yeah. That's the NBA Finals. We'll see how it goes. Feel the excitement. Yes. They brought back the Finals logo with the script. Did they do that last year or is that this year? Mm, I don't know. They had the going to say they brought back the logo with like the Larry O'Brien trophy on it, and I got excited. Hmm. Put the yeah, put they, the Larry O'Brien back on the court. True. And not and not a a digital image. Actually, put a put a sticker down or whatever they yeah, put Jesus. to it. That was like the, my least favorite part of the bubble. I think of all the things, all of the digital. Yeah, is the digital like the Get paint was digitally colored sometimes. Ugh. It's crazy. That's one thing that has just not gotten over well in media in general is like augmented reality. Like, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't you've seen work it the way the, you want it to. 
in the NHL this year with the uh, digital signage around the uh, around the rink there. They they've really gotten angry about that because it's so it just has that uncanny look to it. Like you can just tell when it's fake. Yeah, and like weird example, WWE uses a lot of these like big ass augmented reality like image like digital graphic images to go along with like their entrances and they all just look so weird <laughs> i was just imagining like snapchat like, filters like there's just a giant like a giant bronze roman reigns graphic that's clearly not real like uh, hangs over the the wide shot of the arena whenever he comes out <laughs> It's the, it's like what is the, why? Who this is this? This is the the new age. This is what we're we're here. This is the future. Sometimes you don't need to show off that like, hey, look at this new technology we have. It's like okay, that's cool, that's nice, honey. <laughs> yeah, because there's no you can just put a graphic on the screen. Like I I don't know. I know it's they definitely want to get into it with ads. They love throwing ads on the court or the field or or whatever it might be um i know in baseball they throw a little ad on the pitcher's mound every inning but outside of that it's it's kind of a gimmick to me i mean just throw a little normal flat box on the screen and put some stats in it and i'm i'm good with that we don't need anything crazy yeah i know like espn loves the um you know, they go to the the sky cam shot on the field and they put some big graphic with stats. Like, here's your halftime stats and they put it on the field physically. They like to go to that. But even that, it's like, yeah, all right. This was cool the first time I saw it, the way the camera can kind of pan around a graphic like that as if it's in the world. But yeah, yeah, I don't, maybe maybe one day it'll look really cool and it'll, you know. The novelty, the novelty wears out quick. Yeah, really quick, and you know, maybe one day we can like deep fake players on the field to be like, "Hey, that was a cool touchdown by you know Travis Kelsey." But what if we put Patrick Mahomes' face on Travis Kelsey <laughs> so he threw a touchdown himself? The, the only good way it's been used has been on the Nickelodeon playoff games. <laughs> yes. The slime zone. The slime on the field. Yeah, that's been good. See, that's what I need them to perfect. I need it to look like it's real slime. And you can see the after effects with the puddles and guys have slime stains on their jersey. Like, let's go all in. I want to see Dak Prescott covered in the ooze. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I forget what the Nickelodeon game is this year. I know they announced it. It was a big deal. Uh, I don't know. I forget uh, too. But regardless, yeah, that was one. I think it was the uh, was it like a Saint is Saints Bears playoff game or something? Yes, they did that. That was that was a surreal experience. It was. Mitch Trubisky then... was the uh, the MVP. MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember during that game, I got on Twitter and saw one of the highlights posted and it was Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And it it was like, I got transported to an alternate universe. 
because I forgot that they were calling this game on a different <laughs> channel. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like an alternate reality of this game right now. It's so weird. It's not Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson. <laughs> uh, shout out Nate Burleson. Burleson. He's, he does not sleep. He can't. He's everywhere. He's like the CBS version of Michael Strahan. Because yeah. he hosts he hosts CBS mornings or whatever they call it now. Five yeah, days a week. CBS this morning or whatever. And then uh and then Sunday he goes and does the NFL show. So Yeah. Good Michael, for him. Michael Strahan, GMA all week, and then he does uh goes over to Fox, flies from New York to LA. That's what he has on, on Burleson. Because Michael Strahan does the New York show five days a week and then flies to LA. Oof. For for the football games on Sunday, and then goes back to New York on Monday morning. <laughs> That's something pretty wild. Yeah, if I like drive down the street, it's like that's that's a day's worth of activity. Honestly, yeah, like I don't like I got to drive like uh, less a little less than twenty minutes to work. That's a lot. That's a lot for me. Yeah, yeah. it's a year's worth of travel. For real. Yeah. All right, well, next week, uh, I guess maybe we'll have the, our Across the Spider-Verse reviews, um, maybe maybe some sports in, in there also. Yeah, the finals might be wrapped up. <laughs> we'll see what, what, what we got in the letterbox uh, coming up this week, you know. There we go. Cisco and Ebert. Yep. All right, go Rams.